Welcome to the Pattern Podcast from KXE in London. As a church, we want to learn ways of being with Jesus, becoming like him and doing the things he did in order to see this city we love transformed. This podcast is a resource to help us explore these spirit-filled patterns of living and start putting them into practice every day. For today's podcast on the practice of simplicity, Anna Mason chatted with Ruth Valerio. Ruth is Global Advocacy and Influencing Director for Tear Fund with a PhD on the subject of simplicity and consumerism. It was a real privilege to talk to her about something she cares deeply about a good 10 to 15 years after my wife and I first picked up a book she wrote called Simplicity, Love and Justice. It's remained on our shelves ever since and it's changed how we live our lives. We opened the conversation asking her, what is simplicity? I think simplicity for us today finds its meaning within the context of the consumer culture that we live in. So we live in this culture that places a huge amount of demands on us, Mm. expects us to live in a certain way, to look a certain way, to surround ourselves with all sorts of stuff, um, to take on a, a job that demands all of our hours. And in order to keep the consumer treadmill going, we have to earn a certain amount of money in order to be able to afford all the stuff that consumerism tells us that we need to have. And simplicity for me is about developing a way of life that that is an antidote to consumerism and that gives us the opportunity to stop and to pause and to ask us, what do we really want? What do I really want? How do I really want to live? And how can I live in a way that doesn't give in to all of those voices that are around me all the time. So I would say that simplicity is itself a bit of a misnomer. So it it is anything but simple. So it's not simplistic. And as I'm sure we'll go on and discuss it, to live, to follow some sort of a path of simplicity in the culture that we find ourselves in is actually quite difficult. And in terms of like practicing simplicity, like, How do you anticipate that we will actually become more like Jesus as we do this? Because I think simplicity gives us the opportunity to stop Mm. and gives us the, the challenge of finding spaces that will allow time for Jesus and time for other people, time for the wider natural world. And when our eyes are more focused on those things instead of on stuff, then I think one of the results of that is that we become more like Jesus because Jesus was focused on relationships. And and just out of interest, do you, do you find like a lot of pushback in the church around this thing of like, what has it got to do with following Jesus? Um, no, not massively. I think... There is a real recognition today that our highly consumer society has caused us all sorts of damage and problems. Now, I'm not being naively anti-consumerism, anti-consumerist. We live in the value in the we live in the benefit of a consumer society. The fact that I'm sitting here talking to you on a piece of technology, technology, drinking a nice cup of tea, I'm wearing clothes from wherever, you know, I live in the benefit of consumerism and we are all consumers. We need to consume. But the society that we're living in is overly consumptive. And we know that that has caused, is causing us 
problems. It's causing us high degrees of stress, of sleeplessness, rates of mental problems are rising, issues around family breakdown, and so on and so on. We know that our consumer society is damaging us and that's known in the church as much as elsewhere and so wherever I go and whenever I talk to people there is a recognition that yeah we don't want to go back to the 1800s but we don't want to live in this pressured way that is causing us problems. And at KXC we're we're passionate about the gospel of Jesus and um, particularly seeing it renew the culture that's around us so what role might simplicity have um, in that and, and what does it have to speak to the culture around us? I think it has to speak to the culture around what is really valuable in life. So one of the pioneers of the simplicity movement, a chap called Henry David Thoreau, he said, a person is rich in proportion to the things they can leave alone. So a person is rich in proportion to the things they can leave alone. And I like that for a couple of things. I like the way that he says can, so not necessarily has, but can. So it, to me, that speaks of an attitude about holding things lightly. I can earn a high, I can do a high earning job or I can do a low earning job. That's not what's important. Um, it's it's the attitude that we bring to those things. And then I love the fact that he uses this word rich because our culture tells us that rich is about having lots of money and having lots of things, whereas actually wealth comes in the relationships that are around us. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And that isn't found in our possessions, that's found in our relationships. And I think there is a lot that we can speak to the culture around us about that and showing people what it really means to be wealthy and where happiness comes from, that it doesn't come from pursuing a life like the people we see on the front cover of Hello magazine. It comes from pursuing a life that's embedded in relationship and primarily in relationship with God. Um, so, and this, this is with this question, I'm aware that this, this, some of it is like an assumption made, but why, why do you think we are so addicted to this stuff? Um, what is it, um, that this stuff is satisfying in us? What is, where's the deficit in us that we return to these things? So consumerism is ultimately a search for happiness and it is a search for fulfillment. And I think it comes from the the lack that, that all of us feel within us when we don't have a relationship with God and when we don't have good relationships with those around us and with the wider natural world. And the way that our society is set up is set up to break each of those relationships. So instead of a relationship with God, it places the relationship with money, with mammon, as Jesus would talk about in, in the Beatitudes. And so we worship money. And so we're led into idolatry rather than worshiping God. When it comes to other people, instead of building our relationships with others, we're taught to see other people as simply being there to serve our needs. We're consumers or we're producers. And the person picking my tea in, China or India is there to serve me and give me what I need rather than for me to think about 
the life that she or he is living. And similarly with the wider natural world, we're taught to view that as the environment, as just a resource that's there to serve our needs and to build a better life for ourselves. So we're taught to have this very individualistic way of thinking, whereas actually the gospel turns us out turns us towards God but then turns us towards other people and to the wider natural world yeah um, and could you describe the the changes that you've seen in people when they've actually chosen to practice simplicity I do think simplicity is a bit of a funny word and I have wrestled with it as to whether to call it whether to call it something different and I first discovered the word years ago when I was asked to write something called, it was something that came out of Alpha about 20 years ago called Simplicity, Love and Justice. And I was asked to help write that. And when I was doing the reading around it and came across people who were trying not to buy into consumer society so much, I realised that they called this way of living simplicity. And this was what I'd been trying to do. I just didn't know that that was the name that was given to it. So for me, it has been about trying to find ways of of living that enhance those three areas of relationship that I think consumerism destroys and simplicity helps us, gives us the space to focus on. For me, it's just been, it's been fun. It has, it has, it's 100% changed me. I'm such a different person from who I was when I started on this journey 20 years ago or so, or probably more than that, really. How have I changed? It's really hard to quantify. Um, I think I am more um, purposeful. I am more aware of what's going on, of where I am of what's happening around me uh, on a tiny level I'm more likely to stop and notice something rather than just rushing through life I uh, I don't know if this is totally answering your question so sorry so I'm rambling a bit <laughs> but I once read a book that said living a life without silence is like trying to read a book without with with no spaces between the words and one of the practices for me of simplicity has been the practice of silence. And I think I've learned an awful lot from that, where our society just fills us with noise and with busyness. And as soon as we have some space, we pick up our phone and check something quickly. And so all our attention is filled, whereas wanting to walk a different way has led me to build periods of silence in and that then I think has helped me to be more intentional and purposeful and aware in other ways and I think uh, like a lot of people will be on board with the idea of simplicity um but some more question I is it actually possible to detangle ourselves from the web of consumerism and individualism when we're so caught up in the, yeah. it's like the soup that we swim in um <laughs> is it is it possible uh, no, <laughs> unless you want to go and live up a mountain <coughs> in a straw bale house somewhere and eat mung bean risotto <laughs> for the rest of your life. Um, I'll just tell you a little story. There's a place called Teepee Valley in Wales, which is a, a real alternative dropout kind of culture for people who don't want to be part of consumer society at all. 
and we we knew someone who'd moved there many years ago we went to visit them and it was the summer so they'd shed all their clothes everybody was naked and to make us a cup of tea she had to go and collect some firewood and burn that in her teepee and before making it um and we were quite struck by the fact that as we turned up there was a cricket match playing and um, some of the people from TP Valley were playing cricket with the nearby village and just this cricket which seemed to be quintessentially English <laughs> middle or upper class culture here was this community playing cricket but even they would uh, would use the local doctors and the local hospital and the dentists and so on if they needed it so no, it's not possible. And I think we're naive if we think it is. This is our society. This is our culture. So the challenge for us is how do we follow Jesus and live well as followers of Jesus within it? And there are aspects of consumer society that are good, and that are positive, that have given us good choice and many benefits. But for me, simplicity is about being aware of where those aspects of consumer, of, of where there are negative aspects of consumer society that stand in the way of us developing those relationships and actively taking steps to be counteracting those and focusing on relationship. So for me, it's a, I hate to use that J word of journey, but it is, it, the journey is as important as the destination. We will never remove ourselves from consumer society, but it's being alert to its challenges. Um, so you, you touched on then um, that there are certain aspects of consumerism, which we actually really need to stand against. Um, you've probably mentioned some of them already, but like, what are the things that you think you could identify as things that we actually really need to be aware of and stand against. Yeah, so I've, I have mentioned this already and I'm saying this to myself as much as to anybody else, but to use a blunt word, idolatry and the way that we put money and possessions first really is an issue. And it's an issue for us in the church as much as it is anywhere else. You know, Jesus said you can't serve both God and money. And I would suggest that um, our churches, our exercises in trying to do exactly that, trying to look at how we can serve both God and money at the same time. And I do too. So it's a constant challenge for me how can I put God ahead of wanting to have more money and to, to buy nice things? So I think really being prepared to challenge ourselves on what we think about money and possessions is a big thing. Then also the effect that our consumer society has on those who are making our consumer products and the the natural world. So consumerism, is as it currently happens, is really damaging to the natural world and to the people who are producing the things that we buy. And for me, thinking about that is a part of the Christian faith. What advice would you, you give for someone who's wanting to take those first steps towards decluttering their lives? So I would ask yourself, where do you think consumerism has most impacted you and most made an inroad in to your life. And if you find it helpful, you can think about those relationships, your relationship with God, with others, with the wider natural world. And that may well be about time that it has caused you to live a life that's so busy and so full that you don't have time for those things. So you might just want to put one thing in place 
that gives you a bit more time for God, a bit more time for those around you, and a bit more time to notice the natural world that is around you. And I would suggest that starting off with some practices of silence and of stopping would be really helpful. Thank you for listening to the Pattern Podcast. If you'd like to explore more spirit-filled patterns of living, head over to pattern.org.uk.